and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles, the podcast edition. We have a great show lined up for you today. We are in the studio with Allison Beveridge from the Canadian national team and Rally Pro Cycling. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you. Um, it's always fun to talk to a fellow track racer. And as we always do uh, in the beginning of the show, we talk a little bit about uh, Velodrome News. Obviously not a ton going on in the upcoming months on the track, but uh, I noticed the other day that the uh, cycling, Canada Cycling website still has uh, your national championship scheduled for September. Have you heard anything more about that? Uh, not too much more. I know that they're kind of waiting to hear um, a few more a few more months before they cancel the events in the fall, and they postponed uh, road nationals and those events happening in the summer. So, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens with track nationals, but hopefully they can go ahead and give us something to kind of prep for and, and a race to shoot for. Yeah. What uh, what have you been doing to stay fit during the break from racing? Uh, I definitely did take a bit of time off the bike, and um, I did up running, which was a bit of an adventure. <laughs> Mainly, um, considering that you're body should be reasonably fit, lower body sport. Um, yeah, my ankles were the ones that kind of gave up first, so my ankles and knees and hips, and um, I'm feeling quite old at the moment, given <laughs> my adventures with running, but it's been really good to kind of go out and run tempo and kind of kind of get a workout without really thinking or looking at numbers. Um, and then I've, I've entered back into a bit more structured training and just, just trying to get some base back in and some base strength work and and all that kind of stuff, um, just to be relatively prepped that for when things are announced that it won't be too much work to kind of have a lot of that work done and kind of start the ramp up with a bit more structured interval training or sure. intensity. Have you been working pretty closely with the national team uh, staff and the, the pro team staff at Rally on your on your training program? <laughs> um, is it bad to say not really? They've, they've just... <laughs> and they've been really good and, and there when we need them and to bounce ideas off of. But they've also given us a pretty kind of loose framework. I mean, I've been in this sport for a good while now and and kind of know what it takes to kind of restart from, from scratch after a few injuries and kind of build back up and prep for a major events. So they've given us a bit of a bit of um, autonomy to kind of decide what we want to do and, and where we want to go with our training. So... That's actually been pretty nice, but it's nice to know that they're there too for a bit of reassurance or a bit of guidance or expertise in, in what we're doing and how it will affect us and what we need to be doing to maintain a certain level. Sure. Well, and i got to believe that the pressure's off, at least on the track side, a little bit because of the Olympic uh, postponement, right? Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of um, unknowns still, and as of right now, with the UCI calendar, our next track race is pretty much the Olympics, so... We have a long build until then, uh, which who knows if that will stay. I think they're trying to, the UCI from what I've kind of heard is trying to sort out the events that haven't qualified for the games um, mm -hmm. and track is on those who we were fortunate enough to get all our qualifying events done. So I think that will hold status quo by the sounds of it, um, what we've been told. So I think they're focused on kind of reorganizing the road and mountain bike calendars for now to get those events sorted in those quota places. Yeah, they just announced the uh, UCI Women's World Tour today. Yeah, I did see that with, with a good um, good addition in there for the women's side with the Prairie Bay. So yeah, that's, that's their, exciting. Or, yeah, that's a big one. Is it Prairie yeah. Bay? Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. A, it's a big deal. What, yeah. uh, what have you had a sense of what your race calendar was originally going to be and what it is likely to be now? Honestly, everything's kind of quite changed. I was going to do just a bit of racing in North America um, and the build-up to the game. Right. And then kind of reassess after because um, that, those prep camps are going to take up most of the summer. But as of now, without any other racing, I'd like to get in some road racing this year. Um, but there's not a ton planned at the moment. And I know our directors and rally are trying to manage them. Um, prepping and organizing and showing interest but also being respectful for the climate and the and what's going on and um, especially if you have those European countries where a lot of the racing is and just mm -hmm. be really respectful and cognizant of, of all that. So 
Um, I know they're staying on top of it, but I think they're also waiting to kind of see as things progress. Yeah. What uh, what kinds of things have you been doing as a team to sort of stay engaged and connected with one another? Uh, we have a Sunday Zoom call, which is pretty good. Um, honestly, there's not much structure to it. Just kind of get on, and our directors are involved, and uh, whoever can make it um, kind of is on the call, and Chloe Hopkins usually organizes that for us, so that's been really nice. And um, a few of us haven't even fully met each other, just with mm. the track race track worlds i missed team camp this year so and a few of the american girls so i haven't even officially met some of my teammates so it's nice to get to know them a little bit off the bike at least and then um some of our our directors too jonas carney gave me a call the other day just to check in and say hi and we're pretty nice. fortunate at rally to just have a really good staff and really good men's and women's teams that communicate and talk and just um, check in really just to see how how we're doing. There's not a ton of pressure or expectation or um, anything right now. They're just kind of making sure that everyone's in a good place and and happy and healthy for the most part. That's that's great to hear. I'm sure it's got to be a little bit unsettling for everybody not knowing when the schedule is going to be and you know knowing some of the financial challenges that other teams have faced. I've got to believe that uh, you know any kind of reassurance that you can get from the team is helpful. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate to have a pretty great partner in um, Rally and Rally Health, and you know they're they're pretty present in the kind of COVID pandemic, just being a healthcare company. And so, um, yeah, there's there's a lot going on there, but they've been great partners to us, and um, we're trying to do what we can to just kind of promote the kind of the values they believe in. And social media, everyone's kind of stuck at home right now, so there's just a few things that. A um, few little things that we're trying to do for them, and yeah, just kind of repay the grad and show some gratitude for what what they've given us. You have a kind of an interesting approach on the team, you know, with a lot of that social media, you know, with the uh, the health challenge that you've got going on now, and and those types of things. I mean, you really are ambassadors for the sport a lot in a lot of ways that other teams don't necessarily ask their riders to be, right? Yeah, uh, especially with uh, healthy habits with Poido and those kind of challenges. Um, that was just Sarah Poidovan's idea, and she just brought it forward to the team. And it kind of does really align with um, our background with Rally Health, and a lot of those are incentives and kind of preventative measures of of being good ambassadors. And I think that's why they believe in support in the team and, and really um, find value in the cycling team because mm-hmm. they, they believe in those um, kind of initiatives. And just maintaining and being active and healthy and so yeah it's easy for us to get behind and the team does get along really well so it is really good to see Emma and Stephen dancing today on the newest challenge and just (laughs) um, being ridiculous and you just kind of laugh at them and go about it Um, so yeah it's been really good to be a part of and kind of keeps the team connected and keeps everyone kind of present and just just engaged, I guess, too, with each other and with Rally. So, mm-hmm. so hopefully, there's been people finding value in it, or getting off of it, or something, some sort of thing. But we <laughs> yeah. certainly are making them, so that has to have some some sort of value. And you know, any, I you gotta believe that any positive message and 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 fun that people can find uh, certainly helps reinforce the message, but also is a kind of a nice bright spot for people too. Yeah, it's definitely not the easiest time, and so it's just anything that you can kind of get up and do and just kind of start and kind of honestly just unite people and join people from afar in any sort of way I think I think mm-hmm. brings a lot of value and a lot of good absolutely this is you started your pro career essentially with the rally team what uh, what did, what initially drew you to the squad actually it was one of my um, team pursuit teammates Jasmine during who uh, put me in contact with rally she was with the team at the time and she um yeah, she just thought I should try out the road, and uh, I've been really, really fortunate um, to have them on the side. The first year they signed me, I wasn't even riding. I needed to recover from an injury, and um, they were just really, really patient and really willing to kind of give me a chance and just um, had a bit of faith and just said, get healthy first and then see what you can do, and they've been pretty amazing to work with, and um, Zach Bell, 
has been my director. Um, we have another, Joe Kizanowski also directs, and she's also a track rider, but Zach was a Canadian track rider who mm-hmm. I grew up kind of watching and seeing, and so it's really been great to have him um, just as a director on the road, but also just kind of his knowledge of balancing road and track, and, and Joe as well now bringing that knowledge in. and um, Yeah, so I haven't had any desire really to, to go elsewhere ever, and yeah, I, I would I would love to kind of see my career through with them, I think. That's great. Hey, obviously, having a couple of people at your side who have, uh, you know, had the track experience has got to help, but I'm curious to know how you balance sort of the, um, the track and road uh, responsibilities that you have on the team. It's not easy to do both well. There's definitely some road races that um, you don't, go into the best prep for just coming off a long track season or mm-hmm. I'm needing to take a break. But uh, I think just being really upfront and kind of honest with with my commitments and where I'll be at at certain points in the year and and points where I can be um, prepped for. But I do love to race my bike. And so the road racing in the summer just gives me little targets to, to shoot for and um, some more than others. And, and the nice thing is, is if you are kind of upfront and honest with the team, um, you're just put in a role for that day or that race where you can still contribute to the overall team and you don't have to be be kind of um, at the top of your game on every given day. And so that's kind of the, the joy of a road team and kind of balancing it all. Um, yeah, you, you're just not going to have good days every time you get on a bike, no matter what, and especially just, with an extended season and the track season. So mm-hmm. I've, I've found that just as, as hard as it is to kind of come up and say I'm not fully in the best physical shape that I would like to be for this race, it's better just to say it as it is and and then they can use you to the best of your abilities on that day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great to have them be able to recognize, you know, where you're at and, and be willing to, to work around that, that for sure. Um, and it, you, I think, are going to be doing a really new type of racing for you on Thursday, right? Don't you participate in the Tour for All? Yes, I am. I'm uh, actually doing a trial race um, on Zwift after this call because I've heard that there's a few kind of um, few things you can learn while racing. So I set it all up yesterday. I got the smart trainer, and that was my first time riding Zwift. So. This might be a bit of an adventure, but we'll see. <laughs> I heard well, yeah, I saw that Marianne Voss won the race yesterday in part because she was able to use a power-up that she got in the middle of the race. Have you gotten some, some tips and secret training on, on how to take advantage of that stuff? A few. Not the power-ups. I haven't heard much about that. There was something about a burrito, too, but I heard that you kind of... Um, even for the first night, like you should be logged in a bit early, and then you're kind of riding reasonably hard before the start of the race, just five, ten seconds before. So that once the race starts, you're at like pretty high power, and then um, yeah. So I have no idea how it's going to go. I haven't honestly done a ton of intensity <laughs> since the break. Um, I've been just riding and mountain biking and running. So we'll see. It will be good for me to get back into some, but I've heard. I've heard they're great to do and extremely challenging, um, but yeah, I haven't haven't heard like that in a while, so, so we'll see. But, <laughs> what's the What's the course you're going to be riding? Do you rem- Do you know? It's pretty flat. I'm not entirely. I forget the exact profile of it. Um, I do know that there's not a ton of elevation change in it, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sounds like it sounds like a good a good road for a uh, track racer to be on. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that was my um, <laughs> that was my draw to it. So yeah, it should be good. I'm I'm kind of cautiously looking forward to it. We'll see. That's great. What uh, what have been some of the fun things that you've been doing uh, when you've been on on the break? Now I saw a post on social media the other day about donuts. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Don't bagels, I think. Oh, were they bagels? Oh, yeah. oh. Looked like a lot of sugar, and I was excited. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I did make brownies the other day as well. Um, nice. Yeah, we took up sourdough baking. We spent three months of this winter in New Zealand, um, 
with the track team prepping for worlds and we I took up baking and sourdough bread making and knitting um from my two hobbies wow. I collected there which are aging myself but that's okay um <laughs> so yeah we've been carrying that on we actually uh yeah brought soda home and and have been making bread and uh donuts and made bad ones the other day just lots of kind of cooking and baking and kind of little side projects that it just kind of gives you something that you can start and finish and kind of accomplish in a day and yeah. Um, yeah, I've kind of always enjoyed it and grew up doing it. I just have to make sure they give a fair bit of the baking away. Just like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But the you good just thing have is, to work twice as hard on the bike, right? <laughs> yeah. The good thing is, is most people are home and very, very okay with getting deliveries of random things. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, other than that, uh, not too, too much. There's a few kind of courses, spring courses start. Um, tomorrow and they're just online so that'll be mm-hmm. kind of good to get back into a few things like that and just yeah there's a lot of time kind of these days to kind yeah. of yeah what uh, what courses are you what kind of a load are you taking uh, this spring I just have two spring courses through um, the University of Calgary where I'm slowly very very painfully slowly doing my degree through <laughs> so that that'll be good to get um, they're just two senior psychology options that I'm feeling that do seem hopefully fairly interesting. Um, I think brain and behavior and abnormal psychology or something. So so we'll see. Um, yeah, but it'll be good to just kind of check a few more courses off. And yeah, perfect time to, to work on that, obviously. <laughs> yeah, there's not too much else. So yeah, it'll be really good. What, uh, what are you pursuing your degree in? Uh, it's a degree of kinesiology and exercise and health physiology. Um, so yeah. Getting there. The uh, physiology has obviously uh, had a lot of impact on on your career. Um, you've had a, a lot of success, but you've also overcome a ton of challenges. Um, and I think resilient is probably one of the words that strikes me the most when I think about you and what you've done throughout the course of your career. What what keeps you coming back for more on the bike? Uh, yeah, it's funny you say that because. There's definitely times where I haven't felt resilient at all, um, and there's definitely times where I definitely question coming back on the bike. Uh, there's just been a very overwhelming sense of of not um, being finished or seeing it through, and I think when I, when I walk away, I, I definitely do want it to be on my own terms, or not necessarily on a high, but definitely on, on my own terms and, and not... Um, not alone, and I know not everyone's fortunate to do that with certain injuries. Or, um, but for me, I think I could f- come back from them and be healthy. And yeah, uh, I can't. I haven't really been able to fully answer that one. I've been thinking about that one for a while of of why um, I did feel the need to come back from a few injuries and and keep pushing. But I think just that overwhelming feeling of just not being finished mm-hmm. um and I'm not sure you ever feel completely finished from something that you you spend your days doing and really do love but I think you have a bit more of a sense of of kind of tying up a few loose ends and and seeing what you can do and really trying to get the best out of yourself I think that's probably one of the main things is that I don't mm-hmm. um going into Rio I I did have a few setbacks with injuries leading up to the games in the final few months just weren't super smooth and um, felt a bit frantic, and I'm not sure any prep is smooth. But I would, I w- would like to see one more games through where it feels a bit more um, in my control and a bit less, less up and down. Yeah, so for for those of those people who don't know, um, you obviously had the you had a blood clot uh, that you were diagnosed with, and I'm curious to know how you, how you got that initial diagnosis and and how it affected your your training. I mean, you said it was it wasn't perfect, but how how what I mean, what kinds of things did you do to adjust your 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 prep? Yeah, so the the kind of quick background story of it was um, I crashed at a World Cup in Hong Kong in January and. I um, rode up the season, separated the shoulder, pretty minor, um, minor tear, and just rode out the season, rode through Worlds, uh, had a relatively successful Worlds that year, um, took my off season, and then 
we were down in California racing San Dimas and in the middle of the road race, um, I noticed my hand swelling. And I just looked down at my hand and finished the race. And after the race, um, my glove was like super tight on my hand and my whole arm mm. was swollen. Um, and so I went for an ultrasound down there and they didn't find anything. And uh, I flew home and at that point I couldn't really like lift my arm above, above my chest. Wow. made another ultrasound and that's when they found the clot. Um, it was about 12 to 15 centimeters through my subclavian and um, auxiliary. So that was kind of um, pretty devastating news because um, veins are a bit tricky to work with and the only really uh, way to resolve a clot is with blood thinners. And I guess the, the hard part about this injury was that um, they did go in and clear out the clot a little bit with what they could, but because it had been building up for so long, it was a bit old and and harder to clear out. So it was swollen for for a while, and um, I needed at least three months of blood thinners. And but for the most part, after they went in, I could use my arm. I could move it. It was a bit achy, a bit full feeling, but it wasn't ever um, really too injured in a way. Uh, yeah. But the blood thinners, the big risk with them is basically if you crash and hit your head, you will bleed quite easily. And, and mm-hmm. there were a few reminders of that, that you, you do bleed quite easily if you nick yourself or mm-hmm. kind of anything. So um, it was it was an interesting kind of up-and-down battle because everyone had their opinions on riding on blood thinners. Um, sure. And, yeah, it was hard because you're sitting on the couch and you're kind of absolutely fine. But at the same mm-hmm. time, the risks are pretty high. So... Mentally, it was a bit of a challenge up and down. Uh, training was basically, basically we came to the very loose consensus that um, I should just always be riding with someone, but not group riding or racing. So we took all the racing and the program. Um, I had a lot of staff join me or <laughs> drive behind me for, for rides wow. or come up with amazing efforts um, and just tried to minimize the crash risk. But, I mean, mm-hmm. anything can happen. So sure. uh, I was pretty fortunate. I got through it all pretty well. It just, um, there was a decent pause in a lot, of, a lot of doctor visits, a lot of opinions being thrown around, and some people who were absolutely against riding. Um, one of the surgeons was under the impression that I rode on the trainer all the way up until the games, which was oh. <laughs> but, um, Yeah, everyone kind of had their opinions of it. So... I think it almost affected me mentally as much as physically, um, but yeah, it was it was handled the best way I think anyone knew how at the time. There was no real guidelines for it, so. I'm, I'm yeah. curious about how you managed the. It, it, did it affect your mechanics at all of uh, the race itself, the, ty- the team pursuit in particular? You know, there's so that standing start. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure that you're putting on that arm and. Um, and then, you know, just working in with the group, obviously, um, you have to fine-tune that as a team. So I'm curious, you know, sort of mechanically how you how you work through that stuff. It didn't actually affect me too much physically or mechanically. Um, and for the most part, when you're in reps, you're kind of really hurting. You're not really thinking about too much. So it's actually more on the track than anywhere else. Um, it was actually kind of low, like, I do remember one day I was doing reps of a hill repeat, um, four-minute efforts and coming down the round, and the squirrel kind of chipmunk ran out in front of me, and I, I was the closest I had come to crashing, and I was going downhill pretty fast, and I just remember sitting on the ground and just like, okay, like, why am I doing this? Is this worth it kind of thing? Um, because I did end up after Rio with, I did crash in and get a really significant hematoma. And, and mm-hmm. after the racing, I did say, I was like, I won't ever ride on blood thinners again. Um, but in the lead-up, you're kind of kind of one-track mind. And, and I don't regret my decision at all. Um, it's just, and I know people do ride on blood thinners, but, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an interesting time. But physically and for the team pursuit stuff, it was actually pretty pretty mellow. The worst that kind of ever happened was it get, gets quite full and achy or did especially then. Um, and that just kind of really really was managed with physio and such, but it wasn't too bad. Sure. Aggravating more than anything else, I bet, huh? 
Yes, definitely. <laughs> so as you as you crossed the line in that bronze uh, team pursuit final, what were what were some of your thoughts? I mean, you had to have been feeling really positive after all of that. Yeah, a lot of relief, a lot of relief that I survived <laughs> and and got around and. Um, it's it's hard not knowing that your prep is kind of ideal, and I don't think any prep you really feels super ideal. But um, knowing that I was missing a few things, and um, yeah, I was I was very much just relieved more than happy, and, mm-hmm. and very very dead. I do remember that in the in the final ride, and yeah, I was I was glad that kind of my body had enough to pull through because there was a few question marks for me of. Um, I felt like I was kind of scrambling and behind right up until the games and just trying trying to get there in time. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. And you had a pretty long recovery period after after the game. So what, uh, did that change your, your thoughts on cycling and elite racing? Um, not too much. I kind of was torn of... Um, I mean, the real reason why the recovery period was so long is basically that I I couldn't find a surgeon who would um, do the operation that I needed. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, it was a first rib resection because the, the kind of clot came on because genetically on both sides, I've now found um, I have a very small space between my clavicle and my first rib. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the trauma to that area just caused a compression in the vein. So the operation, which... I may need to get on my other side as well is to remove the first rib and just open up that space. But once the vein is damaged, um, a lot of people argue that the clot will kind of reform because the vein itself is kind of fibrous and scarred Mm. and the blood kind of swirls and causes clotting um, no matter what. And it is a relatively, um, it's not a very common surgery and somewhat risky given uh, just left side kind of close to the heart and a lot of people just won't perform it if they don't believe it's going to work, which is yeah. which is fair. So um, I did go through a few surgeons to find one that that kind of thought it would um, be given a chance. And at that point, I just wanted off blood thinners um, yeah. in general in life, and that just kind of happened to coincide with riding. And and so when I kind of came off and kind of had the freedom, had the surgery and had the freedom to kind of go back riding, yeah, I didn't really think too much of of ever not riding. I just kind of wanted to get back racing and and it was definitely a, a big build up. Um, but I went to school full time during that year and I think in a way that kind of saved me because I was just mm-hmm. so busy. I couldn't think or dwell on it too much and just kind of <laughs> threw myself into something else. And um, yeah, it kind of worked pretty well. I had the surgery at the end of January and then um, school finished mid-April and kind of was fully recovered by then and then just kind of had to get myself back in decent shape. It's, uh, you obviously, as you talked earlier, you know, wanting to see things through, um, is, is pretty important for you. You've, you've stood on the podium on some of the biggest stages in the world, including obviously the Olympics. What, uh, as you look back on some of the moments in your career, what are some of the most memorable for you? The Olympics is up there. Um, my first world championship podium in, in 2014 with the Team Pursuit Girls was, was pretty special. Um, I had just been on the team and I wasn't overly proud of my, my own personal performance in any way, but um, it just I just don't think you ever really forget your kind of first world championships. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say, actually, uh, that summer that I came back with um, with Rally, uh, I won road nationals with the team, and that was that was probably one of the best team performances I've been a part of, and um, it was just kind of really nice to be able to kind of finish something off and kind of re- repay the team and, and the girls and um, just feel like I was kind of fully back and and really proud of something and that that I was back back racing and riding <laughs> and, and enjoying it all and. Yeah, and kind of repay them for something that they had given given me a chance on. What uh, what does it feel like to put on that maple leaf jersey and and wear that during uh, during your year as the national champion? Uh, it's funny. I was I I kind of started out on the track and um, I didn't ever really know if I had any aspirations on the road, 
And so when I won it, I did get a couple messages. I think my mechanic texted me saying, um, like, Alibed Pro Road Champ never thought I'd see the day. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I just kind of laughed. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it felt so strange to, to pull it on. I, I have a few from the track, but it's so different on the road. And to ride it all year and kind of have a, a bike and a jersey and special kit and that kind of stuff. Um yeah, it, it's just a lot of pride to be able to wear it, and you know, I'm proud to be Canadian and and race for Canada. And so it's just another way to to kind of combine riding for for Canada for rally and just kind of represent both at once. It's a it's a pretty nice thing to do. And and the fact that your national governing body puts you on as the uh, the cover of their website is pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, my sister did send me that. I had no idea until until a little <laughs> while ago. <but> yeah. <laughs> You've uh, you also had a chance to race in in a unique environment at the London Six Day. I'm really curious to hear about that experience. Yeah, the Six Days are really really cool format. Um, I did the London Six Day, and I've actually done Berlin and Copenhagen as well. So I've had a few Six Day um, experiences, and they're all really quite fun. Um, they're funny because everyone's pretty relaxed and pretty. It's kind of almost a party atmosphere, and mm-hmm. warm-ups are pretty chill, and kind of everything in between. But then the racing is actually really hard. <laughs> There's a lot of girls. <laughs> um, a lot of you know, out, out of World Cup, you have one British rider, one Aussie, and when you throw five each nation in there, um, and just kind of let people go, and and people race with a bit more kind of nothing to lose attitude. Uh, yeah, they're they're a ton of fun. They're but they're they're hard, they're different for sure. But um, yeah, I'd I'd be keen to do a few more, especially if there's not any track racing this winter. We've been looking at you know possibly kind of kind of seeing if there's opportunities through the six days. Fun, the, I mean even just the audience. I mean just having having a, a large group of fans there. You know, in the World Championships, you certainly get somewhat of a crowd, but. You know, when you've got an arena full of drunk people at, at night at a six, it's got to be a different experience for you as a rider. Oh, yeah, and you're racing until about, like, 2 a.m. and just kind of, um, yeah, like, you're, you, there's uh, no neutral rail start, so you kind of, everyone just gets on the track and finds each other and kind of rolling around in the dark, and then they kind of blow the gun whenever the racing starts, and it just goes, and it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of not like anything else, but... Yeah, it's it's so much fun, and the crowd just adds it, especially um, a few of those countries, like World Cups in London are all as fun as is, and Berlin, mm-hmm. uh, just there's a big fan base there for the track racing, but when you add in a lot of beer and some music and some lights and a bit <laughs> of a show, it definitely, it definitely escalates from, from a World Cup kind of vibe, which is great. Oh, uh, who, did, who did you get partnered with in the in the Madisons that you raced at those events? Uh, I was with Jasmine Daring, and that was the most fun. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite good. Uh, you were also in Berlin uh, this spring uh, for the World Championships, um, and I'm curious to know. First of all, you guys took fourth in the team pursuit. Um, how did how did that play out for you guys? Yeah, it was kind of a bittersweet world for us. Um, we we made a coaching change last spring um, and summer, and um, just had needed a bit of a change of the program I think and kind of brought a few people Jasmine came back into the program and brought a few people back together and this fall we were scrambling a bit to kind of um, see where we were at the World Cups and we, we kind of got our heads kicked in a little bit um, mm-hmm. and went back to the drawing boards and kind of reset and looked at kind of what we could do and what we could control and um, changes we can make and so we went into Worlds um, wanting to kind of prove a point mainly to ourselves that we we had enough to temporarily to ride faster than um well really than we had in rio um that was kind of still our level pb um or i think we might have been faster in cambridge once but uh we hadn't really broken that barrier and so um we wanted to go out and kind of just lay down some really solid times and i think i think with qualifying we're we're okay with that we made a few mistakes um, and it showed a few holes that we hadn't really seen before, but uh, we were pretty proud of qualifying. And then from there, I think we were a bit disappointed that we didn't really progress and kind of learn from those, those mistakes as a team. Um, we kind of made a few 
over and over. And I think the most frustrating part with the the fourth place, especially in the bronze medal ride, is I think we kind of beat ourselves more than more than we got beat in that moment. I mean, hmm. the race wasn't over by any means. Um, but there's a bit of miscommunication and a bit of strategy and and kind of everything. And yeah, so it was it was good to prove to ourselves that we have it in us to kind of be. I mean, we're we're closer to the to the top timelines than we've been in a while. Um, but at the same time, fourth isn't really what we were looking for. So yeah. So, what yeah. Uh, what are some of the things that you're looking for as as far as changes are concerned as you prep for for Tokyo? I think a bit of redefining or uh, refining, sorry, um, the strategy and just kind of roles and kind of training within the team. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of went back and we all kind of sat down and um, we obviously had our coach, Matt, come in pretty late with us. And for a lot of your career, kind of told what you should do and what, what you should be doing and this is kind of how you are. And, Matt doesn't really have time to learn all of us, so we really had to say this right. is what I think we need. Um, and so we've adopted a fair bit more of kind of an individualized training program just based on hmm. um, each athlete. So I think that's kind of a working progress for us. And But I do think we've found some really good lessons this year. Um, spending three months in New Zealand is obviously hard to be away from family and friends. Um, it's a lovely country, and I, I really do love it down there, so I don't mind. <laughs> But there's a lot of value in consistency and just being somewhere mm-hmm. warm enough to ride. Um, winter in Milton isn't really great for road riding or fitness of any sort. <laughs> so there's a few things there. Were you were you all four there or all the the whole the whole team? Um, yeah, there's, in, there's five of us actually. Um, okay. So yeah, all five of us were down there, and our men's team was there as well. Um, nice. And yeah, it was it was nice. We were all kind of close by and just able to each other and ride and still still take some space and kind of normal life from each other as well. Did uh, did you guys work on your exchanges and your teamwork uh, as part of that time down there? Yeah, there's there's definitely kind of a technical element to it. Um, a lot of it was was maintaining kind of fitness. We felt like that had been something that we had not done in previous years, being in Melbourne and just. Um, so we did balance kind of the, the track actually with a lot more road than um, we have in previous years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was almost less times kind of focusing on, on a few of those kind of small, smaller technical aspects and more times just kind of making sure that... Um, Getting fast. That, yeah, that we had the engines that could, could support it. As, uh, as you look toward the Olympics, are you uh, is the team pretty much finalized that's going to go to Tokyo, or are you guys uh, thinking there might be some changes there? Uh, it was pretty finalized. Um, we haven't actually gotten official word on kind of how things will progress, but I think for us, for the most part, they'll probably um, kind of hold things as is. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, obviously, it's another year, and a few people... Um, Took took the games set back pretty differently. It was it was quite hard to hear that. Um, you kind of went from having five months of your life with kind of blinders on to having this mm-hmm. big break and kind of resetting and not putting things off for another year, but definitely kind of reshuffling things. And so I think a few people um, are still kind of reassessing <laughs> the, the mm-hmm. outcome of that and what it will look like for them. So. Mm-hmm. I think if there's any th- any spots that need to be filled, they will be. But for the most part, I think then I can I would imagine that the team will remain close to what it is. That's that's got to be helpful uh, to continue to work together and train and plan. It's got to be much more helpful than if you're uncertain about which of you are going to be a part of it, right? Yeah, and I think it does provide long-term motivation, even though the short term is lacking a bit right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not too far off, and if you know you're going and you know you're going to be on that start line and um, you don't want to get there regretting any of your decisions between now and then. Yeah. Are you uh, are you qualified uh, in any other events that you've participated in recently? So the Omnium is qualified, and I believe we also have a Madison spot just given the way the qualifying works. Um, Good. But we don't actually have a ton of Madison teams going, so... Uh, 
yeah, we need to figure that one out. But the Omnium, the Omnium should be hopefully, hopefully good. That's great. And so as you look at the uh, the calendar coming up ahead of you, knowing that you've got some time to prep for uh, the Olympics, what uh, what are some of the things you're looking forward to on the on the race calendar? Uh, pretty much any or all racing that I could do. <laughs> Yeah, I think just given what happens at the world and when it reopens, um, I know most of the athletes will be in a similar boat as me of just kind of wanting to get back in racing and just enjoying that side of um, kind of, I think, training for, for most athletes does get a bit old. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not entirely sure what exactly that details that will have. Um, hopefully we know it a little more soon, but yeah, I'd like to race as much this year as possible and, and hopefully a little next year on the road and a few track kind of bunch races in there at least. I'm not sure what race opportunities we'll have for Team Pursuit, but it's a bit easier to do kind of simulations of that. Sure. Um, to make sure I get a bit of bunch racing in there and, and just kind of see. So, yeah, I I can't quite answer that one given, given the state of the world right yeah. now. But Are you... Are you concerned at all about getting back in between the fences or on the boards, knowing what's going on with the virus and everything? Uh, no, not really. Um, honestly, I think they won't really um, reopen things until it's it's quite safe to do so. And, yeah, I, I, I think that there's people who know a lot more about it than me out there who are making kind of judgment calls. And, mm-hmm. and I do know that... Um, there's kind of a few checks and balances in place too. Then the Canadian team did pull out of Tokyo saying that we won't go. They have a pretty firm stance on kind of the health and safety of their athletes. And mm-hmm. I know Rally has said something similar that they won't go against Valley Health kind of overall recommendations of travel or kind of um, group size participation. And and we do have them to kind of look to and, and kind of guide us through. So I think... Um, between those two, I, I don't think we'll be put in any kind of sort of harm's way. That's good. It's uh, it's got to feel good to have uh, to know that those folks uh, are looking out for you as a as a racer. Yeah, it definitely simplifies it. <laughs> it simplifies it all. And, <laughs> and our, um, our owner and uh, they they made the call quite early to bring the rally girls back from Europe, and uh, I know they struggled with the call, but it was definitely the right one at the time, and and I think. Yeah, it was just really nice to see that um, that they prioritized their athletes. And as you think of think of the the, the season ahead, what uh, what will a successful season look like for you? What are some of the goals or the things that you'd like to be able to accomplish this spring, summer? I guess really now. Yeah, um, I think just at this point right now in my head, I've kind of started to create a few things. Um, just kind of create a really good training base and kind of aerobic system. And then uh, right now I'm kind of looking to just putting um, kind of like an even an IP time up on a board that I want to do, just have something to shoot for yeah. given yeah. the state of the racing. And just even if it doesn't go, I can probably get on the track and do <laughs> do a 3K mm-hmm. IP and just see what the time is just to kind of give me some motivation. But I'd like to be back in reasonable shape once, once racing comes and just, um, be a part of it and and see where it goes. But as of now, um, I'm not sure exactly what those opportunities will be. So I'm just trying to go for a few things that that I know I can kind of put down on paper and aim for. Yeah. What uh, What do you have as a vision for in your in your mind for the rest of your cycling career? Uh, that's an interesting one. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, I kind of had Tokyo in mind, and then even with road racing for the rest of the summer, I was gonna sit down in the sack and kind of talk about it after the games and just see where I was at. Um, I don't know at this point. Uh, I haven't really ever given the road a full go. Um, I do have a year of my degree of full time school left that I have to do to meet kind of. Um, post-grad requirements for the program I'm looking to go into. So mm-hmm. I do want to do that after Tokyo and take a break and kind of reassess. But, yeah, it's I haven't haven't quite thought that one through finally. 
As obviously with with school and you know, saying words like postgraduate, it sounds like you have uh, ambitions for uh, higher education. What uh, what is some of the things that you're looking forward to uh, after your racing career? Yeah, I would like to apply to med school and um, see see about that. There's a lot of um, obviously a lot of things you need to do to get into med school, so uh, that definitely applies to what I use. But um, my sister's a, a surgeon and my other sister's a dietitian, so um, both in kind of acute care and hospitals. And uh, it really doesn't run the family other than that, but um, it's <laughs> kind of all that I've been interested in and and to kind of see them, see them doing that. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to do another year of, of a full load to kind of meet that requirement uh, before I can apply. And so um, I just want that, that part of that degree done and kind of checked off and then um, during the admissions process I think I'll see see about racing and kind of everything in between and and I'm not super set on a plan. I do like to have some sort of plan because I find it keeps me a bit more motivated and accountable but um, mm-hmm. I'm not super type A in that I have to <laughs> see my plans through uh, to every, every little detail. So we'll see where life ends up but um, for now, it makes me get decent grades and kind of keeps me going and checking my boxes. So I I figure it's not the worst thing to kind of aim for. Yeah. It's nice. It's got to be nice, too, to have something uh, like right now to keep your mind off of, uh, you know, not having the full, you know, pro career experience right now, right? Yeah. It's it's a good one school, too, because it's um, cycling is definitely not real life. You kind of live in this bubble. But <laughs> uh and I think going straight into the real real world might be a bit of a rude awakening, but school's kind of that nice middle ground I find where it's kind of half real world, um, a few more responsibilities, but not not quite um, a bit of a soft entry into it. So I'm kind of looking forward to having it post Tokyo and just driving into diving into it fully. And and right now, just to have things where you can get up and have a bit of a sense of an accomplishment for the day mm-hmm. and kind of check a box and even just to submit an assignment and do a quiz and get that done. Um, it just kind of keeps you feeling like you're kind of doing something and going ahead. Yeah. I, uh, I'd like to shift gears just a little bit um, as, uh, and ask you a little bit about Kelly Catlin, uh, who sadly about a year ago passed away um, and was a big loss for all of us. And uh, just obviously you were a close teammate of hers. And I'd love to just hear a little bit about her from you and some of your memories of her. Yeah, Kelly's um, Kelly's a, a hard subject for us to talk about, but one we obviously kind of want to honor. Uh, I was fortunate to ride with Kelly for three years with uh, Rally, and um, I got to know her a fair bit more just seeing her with the American team around the track mm-hmm. and kind of share that. And um, especially actually the track season before she passed um, her and Emma White were and um, rally teammates on the American Team Pursuit team and I actually spent a fair bit of time with them at some of the World Cups uh, sitting and sitting and having actually breakfast and lunch and not moving between them with them on the days in Berlin at a World Cup and, and just a few things and Kelly was, she was really not like anyone else I've ever met she was um, obviously such a talented talented human on the bike but I mean off the bike her mind is incredible and she was uh, very kind and very understanding and and funny so funny <laughs> um, <laughs> and, stories. and uh, Emma and Kelly when I think of Kelly and the, the kind of the past few times I saw her Emma and Kelly got quite close and um, I know Emma quite well and they're just the most opposite of people in a few ways, and they just were so funny going back and forth and kind of <laughs> balancing each other out. And I was just kind of a bit of a free spirit in, um, in a few ways, and Kelly's just so rigid, and just the looks Kelly would give Emma with some of the comments that would come out of her mouth. <laughs> uh, they're just, it was, it was, it was quite, quite funny to see and just so lovely to be a part of. And so, um, yeah, we, we missed her immensely, and... Uh, it was, you know, the team student worlds and everything else for for us, but to see the American girls win, and um, I didn't actually get to see Emma right after it, but I went and watched their podium, and just to see kind of the emotions they had mm-hmm. after that race, and, and knowing that a lot of them were connected to Kelly, it was just really lovely to see, see them yeah. Yeah. in that way, and, 
and yeah, we we try and remember and kind of honor her and remember her in the best ways possible. And mm-hmm. um, all our bikes, kind of, all my bikes have a have a Kelly Catlin sticker actually given to me by the American Team Two Girls. Wow. Um, and so yeah, they're it's yeah, it's nice to kind of remember her uh, yeah. fondly. I don't think it will ever make full sense. Um, just as kind of why seeing her the way we do, but mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of remember her for that in the same, at the same time. You've uh, you've talked in the past about some of the pressures that face women athletes, uh, in particular about body image. What uh, what kind of advice would you give to young women and girls who are considering pursuing athletics um, about those kinds of challenges and struggles they might be facing? Yeah, I think especially for girls, there's a lot of um, kind of talk and stigma kind of around body image as a whole and being an athlete just kind of adds another layer because you're kind of constantly analyzing and looking at your body and figuring how it can be better or fitter or faster or stronger and I think um, I think I've been fortunate to have some really good role models in that sense and really great dietitians that I've worked with um, Christine and Nicole and a few other kind of Dana um, all of them have been very very set on um, all really great female kind of <laughs> athletes in their own rights and um, just recreational but all of that like you know your body is is what you use and and you don't need to be like you need to be strong and kind of all those kind of cliche things but I think it's finding what your what works for your body and what makes you feel good and that may be a certain weight or that you know, it is part of cycling, part of weight, and there may be a weight where you like to be at, but it doesn't mean you have to be there for the full year, and it doesn't mean that you will stay there forever, and your body might change throughout your athletic career. Mm-hmm. But I think just kind of having that reassurance and guidance from, from a few role models and just um, trying to find a way to find some own reassurance in your own head about what you, you believe works best for you and kind of being that person and sticking to that person. Are there some resources that uh, you found helpful that you recommend to people who might be experiencing some challenges around that? I think just talking with people, honestly. Um, I think if you reach out to pretty much any athlete, it's not really a topic people chat about a ton just because it is somewhat private. But I actually haven't ever met anyone who, if you do start a conversation with them better or what you're feeling, um, that turned it around in any way and I have a physiologist in Calgary who I remember coming back after an injury and and just feeling a bit out of shape and not like myself and a bit heavy and he just said I've he's he the words will will come to me and he just said I've gotten people to be a lot better with eating more food than training at times and just like you know you need to feel your body you need to you know, there's there's things that you can do, sure, but um, yeah, I think a lot of people in life have those experiences, and everyone kind of has their own journey. And the more people you can talk to, and and if you can find guidance from from a, a registered dietitian or someone who knows sport, um, they work with a lot of different types of athletes, and it, it is interesting to see what each sport kind of needs and demands. Mm-hmm. And what makes people good? Because you go look at Olympic champions across all disciplines, and it's very different what, what each what each body body type looks like, and, and sure. what what you're kind of naturally more suited for. Yeah, and uh, you know, to a certain degree, your your body is a high performance machine as an elite athlete, and it needs to have the right kinds of fuel and the right amounts of fuel to make it work properly, right? Yeah, I kind of think it very similar to kind of a training program. It's very individualized, and what works for one person is not going to work for you necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to kind of go through and find what you think works best for you and what you believe in and what you can kind of live with and stand behind and, and mm-hmm. kind of merge them all together. The uh, I think it was today's challenge that the the rally, the Healthy Habits Challenge, was about food. Um, have you been doing anything uh, special or interesting with with your own diet lately while you've been off the bike kind of or not really in full season mode? Not too much. I've been a bit a bit more aware of of kind of 
eating, just not not um, <laughs> exactly what I'm eating. Sometimes when you're just in big training days, you don't care what you're putting in, uh, but not to any any extreme. To be honest, I still big brownies other days. Um, I kind of go with <laughs> my baseline as a kind of philosophy of food in general is kind of um, homemade is kind of the way I go. If you're gonna kind of do eat a lot on those things, so then you kind of know exactly what you're getting and. You know, it may be, may not be the healthiest in every way, but um, you can kind of make a few things and just kind of see exactly what's in them. But, um, yeah, the only other, sorry, my dog just wanted to come in. Um, <laughs> she's knocking at the door. Um, sorry. Yeah, so there's, there's that. And then, yeah, the only other thing that I've kind of been doing is um Sometimes when I do bake and I make cookies, they just become ride food. Because if I'm going to eat on a ride, um, cliff fries and stuff, they're great. But uh, sometimes having a cookie in your back pocket is just a bit of incentive and motivation. And if you have one then, then, yeah, you feel like you get your cookie in for the day. But, you, yeah, you, you put it to good use and good feel. Yeah, that's right. Are you going to be featured in any of the upcoming uh, Healthy Habits, Habits Challenge uh, videos or uh, activities? Not as of right now. Um, the one this week just got released about dancing, which is not my forte. Um, I think it's <laughs> Dance the Stress Away. I haven't watched the full video yet. It just came out today, uh, which will be which will be fun to do. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of our uh, men's team submissions for this one. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I know a few of them are going to be be a bit a bit shy with it, as I will probably, but um, I do hope. <laughs> I think Emma's featured in it again because she is our, definitely our team dancer. That's great. That's great. Well, I always ask uh, my, my bicycle guests uh, a little bit about their, their own uh, bikes and, and places they like to ride. So I'd, I'd love to know a little bit about what, uh, what bikes are locked up in your garage right now. Yeah, so most of my bikes at the moment are definitely felt. Uh, I do have... Um, a felt tundrail bike and the felt road bike at the moment in there. Um, and I do have a new felt to cream mountain bike that I purchased Ooh. this year. That was kind of going to be post-games, post I guess I should say. Um, <laughs> because I do have a tendency to hurt myself. Uh, but <laughs> given that I can recover from some injuries, I got to go ahead to get back on that. So um, that's been quite fun. I'm kind of waiting for a few more of the kind of national parks and provincial parks to open up out mm -hmm. here to go ride up the real trails, as I was told. Um, my brother-in-law said, he's like, if you don't take that thing on some proper trails, because uh, <laughs> it's quite quite a nice bike for, for the user on it. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's all I really have here at the moment. The track bikes are still in, still in Milton, but yeah, a good, good felt family going. Is there going to be a top secret uh, Canadian team pursuit bike at the Olympics next year? No, we do have a few upgrades um, with a few of the things kind of going on the bike, but uh, yeah, not not a ton. Um, we have Argon as a partner on the track, so mm -hmm. uh, we've worked with them to kind of develop a frame and kind of some components that that will hopefully have us yeah give us a, a little bit of time of first leaves. That's great. What uh, what about riding? Where you, you obviously want to get on the mountain bike trails. Where uh, where are you hoping to ride um, as you look up, you know, the rest of your life? Ooh, I don't, um, that one's interesting. I'd like to do a fair bit of mountain biking and trail riding just in and around. Uh, the mountains out here are kind of special to me. Um, I have a few good friends on the kind of North Shore in Vancouver, which I heard would be great. I really want to go. I'm a few old Team Pursuit teammates out there, so go ride some mountain bike trails with them. Um, and then I have a special place in my heart for New Zealand. We spend a fair bit of time there, and the riding down there um, is really kind of quiet and lovely. So, yeah, that's probably one of my, my favorite places to ride, and I heard pretty good for the mountain biking as well. So That's great. You didn't, you didn't go to the Shire while you were in New Zealand, did you? So Hobbiton Loop is, um, it was one of my favorite loops. We ride past it all the time. I've never is that right? It, but I've heard no, I haven't. I would, oh my gosh, that would have been fantastic. 
<laughs> I know. We do need to go. Um, it's, the problem is it's just, like, a little too far away. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we I did that leap quite a few times. And, yeah, there's always a big tour bus coming out of it. But it's beautiful <laughs> roads out there. And, I mean, that's kind of what New Zealand looks like is basically all of all of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful that's country fantastic. and just stunning to ride through. Well, how do we uh, how do we make sure people can stay in touch with you? What uh, where are the best places to to stay in touch with with you? Uh, pretty much all my social media handles are the same. Uh, I get called Ali Bev a lot, so they're um, Ali underscore Bev, and yeah, I have a nice mix of kind of life and cycling and everything up there. Um, and yeah, yeah, if people want to reach out, um, yeah love to stay in touch with people during this time and just just hear and see from different people it's always it's always fun well allison thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today this has been a really fun conversation i'm grateful you took the time to chat thanks so much for having me